I'm Dr. Kimberly Manny. And this is Dr. Ashley McMullen. And you're listening to the Human Doctor Podcast, where we explore the human side of medicine, along with teaching, living, learning, and all things in between. Using the power of storytelling, conversation, and connectedness. Hey, we're two dope academic internal medicine doctors, but we ain't your doctors. So if you perceive anything we say here as medical advice, no, it ain't that. Also, the things we say, they only reflect our brilliant black woman magic mind and not our employers. You could have been anywhere, y'all, but you chose to be here with us and we appreciate you. Let's go. Ah, Technology. Gotta love it. I can't believe you've never heard of the sad Mac. (laughs) I mean... I can envision what that looks like. Okay, so look, back in the day, um, if your Mac computer died, you would get this image. You try to turn your computer on and you would just get this image of this little box <laughs> with these like X'd out eyes and a sad face. And that was the sad Mac. Oh my God. All right, you show worst. me the picture right now. That, that is <laughs> maybe one of the saddest things I've ever seen. I think Apple has kind of upgraded it where they don't do that anymore. But you know, shout, shout out to everybody old enough to know about the sad Mac, yo. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to see who actually remembers <laughs> that. It might just be me. Word. How cool. are you doing today, sis? Um, this last week, like I was playing catch up Monday through Friday. All it took was one cross country trip to really throw me off. By Friday, I was just like, I'm taking the weekend chilling yeah did you do anything cool you know I did go to dinner with a friend although Mm. we couldn't get a table inside (laughs) (laughs) so we basically like sat outside and ate which was great but I was freezing to death and and by the end I was just like look I'm I'm ready to hop on these CDC guidelines (laughs) do some some indoor dining because this ain't the business in San Francisco. Yeah. Cause you know, we have, I, I wasn't trying to really throw any shade about San Francisco being cold, but mm-hmm. let me just say that in Georgia, it was nice and warm this weekend. You could have sat outside and lived your best life. Oh, for real? Yeah. No, I, I didn't <laughs> think about that, but thank you for, for that reminder. <laughs> so for your girl, this is uh, my 25th year since graduating from Harry. Back in the day, five years, dang, yeah, twenty-five years old. Like yeah. my amount of years out of medical school is old enough to go and get a mortgage. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we had a virtual reunion this weekend. Oh, for real? All my classmates. Yeah, me and my best friend, we logged in like together, so we were in the same Zoom box. Oh, um, a couple of times we forgot to unmute though, and um, or or mute. Yeah. Um, let's just say some of the same shenanigans that were jumping off when we were in med school, when we were supposed to be paying attention are still mm-hmm. alive and well at age 50. I can only imagine. <laughs> so, you know, shout out to the class of 96 at Meharry. It was a really exciting time and also super reflective because on Friday at the, at Emory where I work, mm-hmm. um, we had commencement for our students. And so underneath my regalia, I was rocking the Meharry t-shirt. Yeah, I saw that picture you posted. Yeah, that was dope. I had to rep my HBCU. Yes. Hey, somebody got that thing twisted. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what'd you learn this week? So today is actually tax day. Um, 
extended tax day, <laughs> extended tax day. But I, I actually, you know, for whatever reason, I enjoy doing my taxes. I know, don't look at me like that. I don't know what it is. Okay. It makes me feel grown. It was actually the first time I had to pay money in federal taxes. Oh, man. So that, that okay. hit me a little deep in my soul. But, you know, something I learned with regards to, to finances in general was uh, having to do with my student loan repayments. Because, you know, I don't know if, if anybody out there can relate, mm-hmm. but I came out of uh, med school with a pretty hefty load mm-hmm. in, in student mm-hmm. loans. But one thing that I, I found out with regards to like institutional or private loans okay. is that you can, in some cases, request a settlement. Oh, talk to me about the settlement. Wait a minute. Yes. All right. Yes. Let me, let me, let me, let me school you on this for a little bit. So I have, or I had an institutional loan and, you know, now that I've been about a year and a half into my, my big girl job, you know, still living in the same place that I did in residency, you know, even out here in San Francisco, I've been able to save quite a bit of money. So basically Mm -hmm. what I did was I hit up my institution and said, you know, I've been paying on this loan for, for several years and I am able to pay off like this percentage of the remaining balance. And if it's okay with you, like I can offer that as, as a settlement and be done with it within two weeks, you know, just as long as you can um, close the account favorably on my credit report. Mm. And they came back to me after about a week or so and said, yeah, that's fine. They said, let's get these coins while yes. they're in front of us. Let's get it done. <laughs> which they they accepted like the first offer, which means I probably could have, <laughs> you know, you know, gone a little lower than I did. But either way, it just really felt good to write that check and and be done with it. I wish younger me knew that. Like, you know, um, because I, I I mean, even 25 years out of medical school, I'm embarrassed to say I'm still paying student loans. Um, But the other thing I learned since we're speaking of finances and student loans as things we learned is that I didn't know that some of your federal student loans can be refinanced, Mm -hmm. like the way you can refinance your house and stuff like that and other loans. So this past year, I refinanced um, my last pretty much big loan, which is a federal loan and um, was able to set it up on, you know, a like a monthly draft to be done with it. And, you know, I'm going to be done with it. I think right as my youngest child gets ready to um, go to college. Nice. And um, that feels really good. I'm sure maybe there's somebody who is like quite financially savvy, who is eye rolling and wondering like, (laughs) why do these women not have this thing figured out? But I know we're not alone. I know there are a lot of people that, um, look like us and who don't look like us who are out here paying these student loans Mm -hmm. in perpetuity. And that ain't it. Yeah, absolutely. I think my, my biggest takeaway was just have a plan, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that cut out a lot of the, the fear and intrepidation for me coming out of residency was just, you know, having a plan, however long it is, just, you know, have something in mind about what you want to do. You know, that is until Joe Biden goes ahead and (laughs) mixes those for us. Uh, or somebody shows up at a graduation and says, if you are under my voice, all of your debt is cleared. I'm like, why am I never in the class where that happens? You know, yeah. I mean, like the, that's happened at some HBCUs, but it never seems to be the HBCU that I'm at. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> what's really going on? <laughs> that's all right, sis. We're going we're gonna to have a plan to get it done. <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe one day we'll be the people who are, are in a position to do that. How about I would that? love that. 
Dr. Manning, do you have a story for this morning? I do have a story for this lovely morning that's warm in Atlanta and cold in San Francisco. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think the what is uh, the word stoppable. Okay. I like that. The word you think of every day, is it? No, that that (laughs) one has not crossed my mind. All right. So let me tell you the story. Um, It goes like this. So one morning I woke up and I'd overslept. It was a crazy morning. I was like running all over my house. One of my kids almost missed the school bus. Um, just, uh, you know, one of those just crazy days, frenetic pace. Mm-hmm. And I made me some coffee at home. I'm quite proud of my coffee making skills. <laughs> Hooked up my coffee, put it in a, you know, one of these lovely like Yeti cups and, you know, headed on out the door. And I was halfway to Grady Hospital when I pictured exactly where my Yeti cup was in my house, like piping hot coffee. And I hadn't slept well that night. So I really needed this coffee in my life. Oh man, it was so crushing. And so um, I got to work in good time though. And when I got to Grady, um, I was supposed to be rounding soon and knew that like, okay, I have about 12 minutes, which I said, if I run into our office building, which is across the street from Grady, I might be able to get some coffee. Sure enough, I get in there and lucky for me, one of our um, administrative professionals had hooked up a fresh pot of Joe. I was ready. Okay. So I run into the kitchen, throw my stuff down um, and I'm grabbing the cup as fast as I can. And that same admin professional comes out and says, Hey, Dr. Manning, I have this really delicious special creamer. You know what? Would you like some? And Mm -hmm. I said, yeah. So she had the splash of this special creamer of which the flavor I do not remember. I just know (laughs) it was special and it was something that she pulled out of some stash just for me and I felt special. So I put the top on and I am like, yo, I got enough time to make the elevator, get into Grady. And this was in the winter. So it was cold outside. I was Mm -hmm. just like, yeah, but you know what? The the world is right again. I got my coffee. Mm -hmm. So I got both hands on the coffee, white coat on, and I run into one of my colleagues Richard and uh, Richard and I walk out of the building and we're walking into Grady to round. It's freezing. I'm holding my coffee. I'm so happy. This is pre-pandemic. So no masks on, nothing, right? And as I'm walking, all of a sudden, I hear somebody say, hey, hey, Doc. And I turn around and look. And there's this gentleman standing there who appears to be experiencing homelessness. It is cold outside. Um, he has on very like threadbare pants and a shirt and he looks at me and he says, um, do you know where a brother can get a hot cup of coffee? Here's the thing. I've been working at Grady for 20 years. I know exactly where a brother can get a hot cup of coffee. There are two places in the hospital where one can do such a thing. One is on the ground floor in Henry's coffee shop, which is in Grady. The other place is in the cafeteria. You know, and maybe if you download a nurse or two, you can get one from the nurse's station. I don't know. <laughs> but those are the places where one can get a cup of coffee. Now, there were people everywhere outside of that hospital. But for whatever reason, this man chose to stop me. And I said to him, because I wanted my coffee, I said, <laughs> sir, um, you can go in here to the coffee shop. You can go to the cafeteria. And he says, all right, thank you. Appreciate you. And he turns around and walks the opposite direction of the hospital. And I'm watching him and he's thinking like, God, I know where, like I hadn't even sipped my coffee yet. I hadn't put my mouth on it at all. It was piping hot. 
special creamer in it and everything with love in it. And it was just one of those moments, you know, where you, you, you feel something like tugging at you saying you should do this. Yeah. This is the right thing to do in the universe. Yeah. So I say, Hey, sir, you want my coffee? You know, I, I haven't, I haven't put my mouth on it yet. He turns around and looks at me. And this is the moment where I'm gazing at him, imploring him to say, that's all right, sis. <laughs> I don't need it. Mm. <laughs> um, but I gave him my coffee. Uh, wow. I'm gonna be real with you, Kimberly. I don't know if I can, if I would have given up that cup of coffee, like just <laughs> straight up. Yes, you would have. Yes, you would have. I think you would have. If you yeah. hadn't sipped it yet, you would have felt like it was. Yeah. Like but I, okay. Like, I, yes, but I would have been, I would have been hurting afterwards. Oh, I was hurting. <laughs> <laughs> I was hurting. And I didn't have time to go get more, you know, yeah. I, I was on it. I had to go around and, you know, I, I thought about that. And as I walked into the hospital, I thought about sort of <laughs> my day-to-day life at Grady, which is where, and when I'm walking to the hospital, I am almost always the person that somebody says, Hey, can you tell me how to get to the pharmacy? Do you know where the senior pharmacy is? Do you know where the cancer center is? Do you know where Radonk is? And this lady once told me in the lobby at Grady, that she looked at me and she knew that I would stop and help her, Mm. that I just seemed stoppable. Wow. So ever since then, that just that one statement, it completely changed the way I feel about being interrupted by strangers um, who need my help. And, you know, in sort of my mindfulness practice and trying to think about what's happening around me and being reflective, I I ask myself, what does it mean to be stoppable? You know what I mean? Like what, yeah, what? So, so Ash, let me ask you this. As you think about, you know, San Francisco is a busy place. It's a bustling place. Yes. So if you were to try to imagine for yourself, what would make somebody stoppable? Mm -hmm. What would that be? How would you describe that? Mm. Yeah, that's an excellent question. I think about eye contact. Mm. mostly from all the times that I have not made eye contact, specifically <laughs> when I'm not trying to be stopped. Right. I kind of just like keep my head down and, and, and walk really quickly. Right. But there have been a few times where I have been a little bit more conscious about kind of opening myself up and, you know, not just from a, the standpoint of like wanting to be stopped, but at least just to like acknowledge folks presence. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to do at least for me, especially in, you know, situations where I'm worried about getting stopped or getting asked for money or or, or things like that, which, you know, I'm not proud of, but it's kind of real. Right. Right. And it's hard, right? Because, um, you know, I think sometimes there's, I used to tell myself that it was just because in the environment where I was, a lot of the people look like me yeah, and because there was racial concordance, um, that w- alone was enough to make people stop. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to that lady that day because she was trying to get to the senior pharmacy, and I was actually rolling her in a wheelchair to the senior <laughs> pharmacy. And I said, you know, I think when you're a black physician in a place like Grady, people see you. And she's like, oh no, it's not that. It's not that. There's a there's something people give off, an energy that they give off when they when when they can be stopped. Who interesting. Yeah. Energy. Okay. Yeah. Energy. Right. So like, what is the energy that you are putting out into a space? And so I'm just reflecting a lot on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. In what way? 
Well, I, I'm thinking about our identities, right? So we are clinician educators. We take care of, of patients in vulnerable populations. We're Black women, community members, friends. Yeah. And I'm just trying to think about how I can add some intention to this act of being stoppable, like mm. more intention with my energy, how I can even, you know, model that for my children. So just thinking about what that means. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can picture just asking yourself the question mm-hmm. when you're about to go see patients, when you're about to, you know, get on the phone or whatever, like what, yeah. what energy am I bringing into this space? Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned that you had gone um, out of town uh, um, a few yeah. weeks ago. And um, I, I, I want our listeners to know that during your visit, you came to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I had the great fortune of meeting your mother and your cousin. Yes. And um, the energy that they gave off for somebody who was a stranger to them who didn't know them was just, it just drew you in, mm. right? Um, yeah. And their energies were very like, or their personalities were very, very different. Um, Yes, (laughs) this is very true. (laughs) Very different. (laughs) But this decision to to bring um, a positive and welcoming energy into a space, um, I just, I I know sometimes we fly on one wing and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, let me be very clear. I know when people are, you know, battling depression and anxiety and burnout, it's not always easy, but, you know, sometimes we can actually make it a little bit better for each other if we just sort of make up our minds to show all the way up Mm -hmm. um, with the best energy that we have to give. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I've been reflecting on, sometimes I get into spaces where I feel like I just don't have enough to give Mm -hmm. and therefore like I hold back. So it's crazy. What's up? Sometimes people don't even want much. What people actually want from us is way less than what we think. People just yes. want to be seen. Yes. They just want to be seen. And it doesn't you take walk much. in. Yeah, it doesn't, right? So yeah. and even like if you don't have the thing that they're asking you for, sometimes just the fact that you have an interaction with the person is plenty. Like my favorite is outside of Grady, this guy asked me once, could I give him um two dollars? And I was like, for what? <laughs> and he was like, uh, I just need $2. And this other lady on the other side of the street yelled out, that man want to get a Lucy. He want to buy some cigarettes. Don't give him $2. <laughs> and I said, man, I ain't giving you $2 for no Lucy's. Mm-hmm. He said, I need a cigarette. I was like, how are you going to ask a doctor for a cigarette? He said, I ain't asking you for a cigarette. I asked you for $2, right? And I was going to get a cigarette. We just laughed about it and. I didn't give him $2, but we had a, we had a connection, even with the lady across the street who screamed on him. I just like, you know, this is community. This is Mm -hmm. what community looks like. Yeah. Community isn't always. Yes. It isn't always charity. It's like connection. And that was, I feel like in that moment when we all were laughing, it was this moment where the whole, you know, playing field was evened out and everybody was just laughing and, no, I ain't giving you $2. <laughs> yeah, it amounts to like just a big shift in perspective. Yeah. It's not so much that everybody wants something of me. It's just, you know, let me at least attune myself to be stoppable, to be someone who cares, who acknowledges. 
It absolutely relates to medicine because we walk into spaces where people in are in their most vulnerable states. Yeah. And um or or in spaces where people need us to collaborate with them, you know, either our nurses, social workers, physical therapists, um, all the interprofessional teams. And if you are giving off unstoppable energy, mm-hmm. I mean, that that is a threat to, to patient safety. Absolutely. Yeah. That's not a deep, actually. <laughs> All right. I'm over, I'm over here taking notes. Don't worry. Uh, I've turned it into some quality improvement. Yeah. <laughs> but do you think that should actually be a metric though? Like in, in terms of, uh, are you stoppable? Yes. <laughs> what, what energy are you giving off? Like, I mean, word, like that should be on your evaluation form and in, um, new innovations. Like, yeah. Stoppable on a scale of one to five Likert scale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sis, you know, I could talk to you all day, but I know that um, you being the teacher that you are, Mm -hmm. um, you got to get your teach on. I probably have something that I forgot to do that I need to be doing too. Yeah. Like the the 1 million speaking (laughs) engagements that you have. Yeah. We just out here trying to uh, rep the ancestors, you know, that's what's up. That's what's up. I love you, my friend. All right. I love you too, sis. Have a good one. You too. That wraps up this week's episode of the Human Doctor Podcast. Special thanks to our favorite brother gastroenterologist, Dr. Chuma Obiname for the beats. Shout out to the Dr. Ashley McMullen for editing and production. Mad love to our podcast family at The Nocturnist and The Clinical Problem Solvers, our med Twitter fam. And especially shout out to all of you, our listeners. Until next week, remember, we see you and you are enough. Holla! Holla.